I'm thankful for... Can you hear me? Yes? I'm very thankful for, for the opportunity uh, to be here with you, guys. And for a minute, Gus, you got me concerned. I thought I was... I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> so I'm really thankful that I'm here with you guys this morning. And I'm also thankful because uh, when you guys give to the Great Commission Fund and to our work funds, we can do all the things that, that God is calling us to do. So we get to, uh, we get to do networking, evangelize, disciple people, we get to see people come to the Lord and experience healing as we pray uh, for them. It's, I'm very thankful for your contribution to the uh, Great Commission Fund. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And um, I was asking uh, a lady on Wednesday uh, some, some feedback about, because I said, you know, I noticed that, that on Wednesday, as I'm speaking, some, some people were, like, like sleeping. And, uh, and then she said, well, you know, let me give you some advice. You know, you got to keep it, you know, when you have a really nice meal and it's late, you got to keep it sweet and short. And, and I said, okay, I want to do that. How, how can I do that in a, in a practical way? <clears throat> and then she said, well, you know, I, 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 a preacher had a really good tip. So it involves a, a, a mint. And uh, she said that what I need to do is get a little mint. Can you see it? She said that I need to put it underneath my tongue. And when it's dissolved, then I need to just finish my sermon. (laughs) And so I'll keep it sweet and short for you guys. Well, I came with that idea. But then then James received me and you're not going to believe what he did. You guys know James, right? Well, he gave me this piece of candy. But it wasn't enough for him to give me this. He's like, take another one. So, James, you ask for it. All right? I'll keep it sweet and short. (laughs) Mm. If we have the slides. I was born in in Guatemala. And uh, when I was... Seven, I accepted Jesus. I shared this with you before. When I was ten, the Lord uh, asked me to do something for Him. And when I was 25, I I understood that call to missions. When I was 22, going back a little bit, I left Guatemala and served in Costa Rica for eight years. On the 25th of October... 2005, at 7 p.m., I met the lady that was going to be my wife. I met her in Costa Rica. And as I looked into her eyes, beautiful eyes, and that beautiful smile, I extended my hand and I said to her, It is very, very, very nice to meet you. (laughs) And then we got married in 2007. And the Lord blessed us with two, um, two boys. I have uh, Josiah, he's the oldest one, and, and, and Ian. And I was just sharing with you guys on Friday what Josiah had said about his brother. And I said, no, Ian is staying with us for a long, long time. So they do love each other. 
They love each other. And we're thankful that uh, God brought them into, into our lives. So four years ago, my wife and I left the U.S. in order to respond to God's call to do missions in Berlin, in Germany. And it is really neat to see what God is doing in Germany because as we partner with him, we get to sense his heart for post-Christian Europeans. And let me tell you, he loves them deeply, deeply. And as I'm getting ready to go to Germany, I remember that I had so much sense of destiny and purpose that literally, literally I felt like, I got this. <laughs> so I went to Germany with that sense of purpose. And as I'm going there, I feel God speaking to me and saying, Do you, you got it? And I said, Yes, Lord, I got it. Are you sure? Yes, sir, I got it. Okay, you got it. And I said, I do, I got it. The Lord set me up. I didn't know what he was going to teach me, but, but he was going to teach me something really important. Because um, I went there anticipating that, that people were going to change the way, the way they think about God. And I thought that the things that were successful here in Warren, Ohio, as I was doing ministry in the U.S., that they were going to produce fruit in, in Germany. Big mistake. Because in the U.S. we are still a Christian nation. But when you go to a, a country that is not interested in having a relationship with God, the things that we do here, really, really, those things don't work there. And uh, you guys know that there's no more wall in Germany. But with all the sense of destiny that I had, I just, I felt, I, I ran so hard. And I hit a wall. Boom. So hard, so thick, that I, I just fell down. I don't know what happened. And when I woke up, my wife is just, this is a metaphor, you, you, you get that, right? <laughs> so my wife is like Donna, doing that. And she said, what happened? And I said, you know what, I just, I just want to go back to, I just want to go back to, to the U.S. I, I don't think I, I want to be here. This is just it's too complicated. We tried everything. I'm very discouraged. I, it was a pity party. And so she's like, should I bring you your milk? <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, no, you know what? You pick yourself up. Because the Lord brought us here. God brought us to this place. And we're going to produce fruit in this place. And I had a, a, 
I don't know if it was a vision or, or, or kind of a, in between a vision of a nightmare. <laughs> but I, I, you guys know, you guys know Jeff Miller. Yes? The district superintendent. So I, I picture the district superintendent here, 6'5", <laughs> guy telling me. Because I said, Lord, okay, you brought us here and what, what should I, what should I do then? And I picture Jeff Miller telling me, Continue developing yourself as a godly leader. Number two, continue living in a missional way. And the third one, I just felt the Lord speaking into my life. I think I have you now where I wanted you to be, desperately depending upon me. And then you hear the Lord saying something. Would you let me change the way you think? And then you speak back to him and you say, Lord, but, but I've been a believer my whole life. What, what is it that you want to change in, in, my, in my life? I, I've given you my life. I, I have a relationship with you. And uh, in that passage that I shared with you guys on Friday, that change is prescribed for every believer every day of our lives, According to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, we need to renew our minds. So the Lord is telling me, would you let me renew your mind? And would you let me teach you how to do ministry in the context of Germany? And I said, Lord, yes. And then he asked me again, you got this? And I said, no, Lord, you got that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The Lord has it. He's got that. So he started to teach me how to do ministry in Germany. And the main idea I want to communicate this morning uh, to you is that every believer should anticipate fruit as he witnesses for the Lord. Every believer should anticipate fruit as he witnesses for the Lord Because of the following theological truths. And this is how, this is my journey. I want to explain how the Lord changed the way I was doing ministry. And my approach to ministry in the context of a post-Christian nation. And the first theological truth is that the Holy Spirit is at work in the world. And I want to invite you guys to open your Bibles in John chapter 16 verse Eight. You know that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, when it comes to us believers, is to guide us to what? All truth. He's sweet with us. He shows us the way. He, he directs us to Jesus. And He shows us the truth. He guides us to all truth. But when it comes to non-believers... One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. As you guys read in your Bibles. And the word convict means in this context to accuse, to interrogate, or to attack. And the imagery that this word invokes is that of a lawyer thoroughly interrogating a person on the witness stand until he confesses guilt. 
how do you honestly feel about that role of the Holy Spirit concerning the world? How do you feel about that? I feel like I should anticipate fruit as I witness for the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is at work in the world. But what exactly is the Holy Spirit doing in the hearts of those individuals who do not yet believe in Jesus? He's doing three things according to this passage. He is clearly showing them their sin. He is creating a desire for a new kind of righteousness. And he is also creating a longing to avoid eternal judgment. We should anticipate fruit as we witness for the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is at work in the world. Now, now some of you may be asking the following question. As I did. Think of this. The Lord was changing the way I was doing ministry. And so, if the Holy Spirit is such a great prosecutor, as you say, why should I share, share my faith? Is it true that the Holy Spirit is such a great prosecutor? So why do I need to share my faith? Do you believe that? I believe that he's a great prosecutor. I believe he's doing his job. 24-7. So I like the way Paul answers this question in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. Listen to what God says in this passage. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how will they call on him in whom they have never heard? And how are they going to hear without someone preaching? And how are they going to preach Unless they are sent, as it is written. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And I'm going to update the vocabulary here of those who share the good news. So I want to encourage you guys, you guys share the good news. And you guys here too, share the good news. Keep this in mind. We are called to share what? To share the good news of the gospel. As partners with the Holy Spirit, we should anticipate fruit as we witness for the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is at work in the world. What happens is that sometimes sharing our faith is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. But it doesn't have to be complicated either. When you think of it, the Holy Spirit has the hard Part. He does the heavy lifting of what? Convincing or convicting the world regarding sin, righteousness, and judgment. And we have the easy part. We have the lightweights. What do we do? We share the good news. The Holy Spirit is already preparing people's hearts. So when we have this encounter with people, we don't go there to, to bring people's sin to them. That doesn't work. 
the Holy Spirit is already doing that. At some point we need to confront people with their sin. Hold them accountable and all that. Discipline in the context of the church and all that. But when we're doing evangelism, we share the good news. That's what God called us to do, to share the good news. <clears throat> so we should anticipate fruit as we witness for the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is at work in the world. Now I want to clarify that the role of the Holy Spirit is not to condemn people. He's not condemning people. You know what the Holy Spirit is doing? He's systematically targeting and skillfully destroying every argument in people's minds that might make them believe that they can get to heaven apart from Jesus. It is only through Jesus that we go to heaven. So, so when I preach in Germany, it is really safe when I, say, when I say that God loves everybody because they are very pluralistic. They assign the same salvific value to every religion. But the moment I say it is only through Jesus, then I am intolerant. I don't want to hear you talk to the hand. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> And I'll tell you something, guys. Pray for us. Because we really don't like to talk to the hand. <laughs> and when people do that, they really, they really, they really touch our pride. And, and, you know, somehow we think that it's about us. And we take it personally. You know? When, when we see the hand, we, we, we think, it's, we think it's, it's personal. And so people are really not rejecting us. They are rejecting the Lord. So, so I want to ask you guys to pray for us that as we share our faith, that we are resilient, that we take that, you know, just quickly grab it and say, Lord, I take this rejection and I give it to you, Lord. <laughs> it's not mine. They're really not rejecting me. They are rejecting you. But I, I still don't have that skill. I, I, I'm just very prideful. I, I need to grow in humility in that area of my life. Because I want to share with people and I want for them to say, yeah, tell me more about that. But that's not my experience in Germany. <laughs> Is it only me, guys, or are you guys experiencing that too? How many of you guys have talked to the hand lately? <laughs> it doesn't feel right. Huh? It, 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 it stirs something within us. So God's teaching us humility. In this era. But we are anticipating fruit as we witness for the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is at work in the world. We're going back to, to Germany late spring of 2016. At the end of May. And to be honest with you. In spite of all the challenges that we have to face in a post-Christian nation. We are anticipating fruit as we witness for the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is at work in the world. And I want to encourage you to, to, to have that mindset. Would you, and I'm going to ask you guys, would you allow the Lord to change the way you think about doing ministry and especially about sharing your faith? Because when we are creating gospel access, we are expecting for people to change the way they think. Are you ready to experience change as a believer? Because remember, change, the change is prescribed for us believers. Would you allow the Lord to change the way you think 
I really hope that as we continue sharing, you are not only inspired, but you are also encouraged, informed, and motivated to, to bring yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, change the way I think about doing ministry in Akron. Show me, Lord, where you are at work. And Lord, I believe that you are at work in the world. So my task is not to rub people's sins in their face, but to share the good news. And I want to be good at it. So Lord, help us. Second theological truth that I want to share with you guys is that the harvest is plentiful. So here, picture this. I'm here wanting to come back to the U.S. because I don't see fruit in our ministry. And I'm like, you know, I just, I'm I'm discouraged. I'm confused. I'm upset. I'm thinking, you know, Lord, why did you bring me here? You, you, You have a sense of humor, Lord. You are funny. <laughs> so, and then God says, okay, I'm at work in the world. But another reality that you need to understand is that the harvest is plentiful. I'm like, Lord, honestly, I really, I don't see that the harvest is plentiful. And let me ask you guys something. Do you really see that the harvest is plentiful? Do you see a lot of people coming to this church saying, you know, I really want to give my life to Jesus. Travis, how did you get to know Jesus? You know, I, 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 I want to have the experience that you have. James, would you show me how to have a relationship with Jesus? Do you guys have a lot of people saying that? I honestly don't see that in Germany. I I see the opposite. I just see a lot of people turning their backs on God. And I really don't care. I don't want to hear about your God. So when the Lord says, you got to change the way you think. Because you are walking by sight and not by faith. So would you let the Lord change your mind? Because if we walk by faith, He says, the harvest is plentiful. And it's a confrontation of what the Holy Spirit is doing because I said, Lord, so the Lord is saying, do you really believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in the world? I say, yes, Lord. Then the harvest is plentiful. Because He's producing an incredible amount of work for you that you are not able to see. Are you willing? Would you like to ask the Lord To take the scales from your eyes. So you're able to see that in fact. The harvest is plentiful. Let's go to Luke chapter 10 verse 2. The Bible says in this passage that. Jesus sent 72 disciples to every one of the villages. That he was later going to go. Think of this. When you. Share your faith with people. You are going to, you're going to be the face. But Jesus is going to visit. Jesus is coming. And He is going to seal the things that we are saying in people's hearts. So have that confidence. 
Have that confidence. The harvest is plentiful. And Jesus wants to use us to share our faith. So what do we read in, in, in verse 2? Luke 10, verse 2. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his harvest. The statement is clear, guys. People sharing their faith are few. And people in need of hearing the good news of the gospel are what? Plentiful. As partners with the Holy Spirit, we have the responsibility to share our faith. And we should anticipate fruit as we witness for the Lord. Because the harvest is Plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. So how are we going to encourage people to share their faith? I remember when I was way younger. Our pastors preaching and you know saying you have to share your faith. And I'm just feeling really guilty because I'm not sharing my faith. But you know what? I just felt guilty for a few for a few minutes, and then at the end of the service, and then particularly the next day, I just didn't feel, have any sense of guilt anymore, and I, again, I wasn't sharing my faith. So I learned that guilting people to share their faith really doesn't work. We can't create gospel access like that out of a sense of guilt. But if we have experienced the Lord's salvation and love in our lives, then we develop this joy of our salvation. And that encourages us to just go out there as we cultivate the relationship with Him. And when we go out there, what happens then? Happens what Jesus, what happened to Jesus? It happened to us. What happened to Jesus? That He saw the multitudes and He had compassion. It is out of compassion that we go out there and when we pray for people, we anticipate fruit. Because the Holy Spirit is at work and the harvest is plentiful. So we anticipate fruit when we pray for people because we know that the Holy Spirit is going to show up and He's going to deliver people. He's going to make them whole. So how do we encourage people to share their faith? Another way. According to Luke chapter 10, verse 2, there's a connection between evangelism and prayer. Do you guys see that connection? Evangelism and prayer. If we want to see more people sharing their faith, we need to get to prayer. The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. So we need to pray that the Lord of the harvest may send workers to his harvest. I want to see more people sharing their faith here. I just have to start targeting Travis in prayer. I'm not going to talk to him. I'm just going to say, Lord, I pray for more workers for the harvest. And I pray that you stir this desire in Travis. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to pray because that's what God is saying. 
If I try to give him, if I try to sell the, the issue of you know, sharing your faith with people, it's not going to work. But if I am praying for him, the Holy Spirit is going to do something in his heart. And someday he's going to say, you know, I just have this desire to, to share my faith. And uh, we need to get to prayer. We need to get to prayer. I went to a church planting conference in Frankfurt, Germany. And they taught us that if we wanted to see a church planting movement take place in Germany, we needed to commit ourselves to doing two things. The number one is that we needed to find creative ways to share, to, to do the work of evangelism. That was the, the, the first one. And the second one is that we needed to pray for more workers for the harvest. I want to challenge you guys this morning to not only affirm the truths that we, or the truth that we learn in Luke chapter 10 verse 2, but to also take a practical step of faith. And I want to ask you to please, please, bear with me for a minute. Show me your cell phones. You guys have cell phones. <clears throat> Show me your cell phones. Keep it handy for a minute. Thank you guys. Bear with me. I set up an alarm in my cell phone. Thank you, guys. I set up an alarm in my cell phone that goes off every day at 10.02. Luke chapter 10, verse 2. And because if I'm honest with you, I, I forget to pray for the harvest. But I set up an, an alarm there that says, pray for the harvest. So at 10.02, that alarm goes off and I pray for the harvest. And I say, Lord... Teach us way to share the good news of the gospel in this place. I believe that you are at work in the world and I want to see what you are at work. I want to, I want to see that the harvest is plentiful. So show me, Lord. And I see a connection between our prayers and what God is doing in the country of Ecuador. He is encouraging people in Ecuador to think about sending international workers to Germany. Now, here's the thing. I want for people to... I want more than people thinking about sending workers to Germany. I want, them for, I want for them to actually send the workers. So I want to ask you guys to pray for us that the Lord may send more workers into his harvest field in Germany because we need more workers there. Pray for us. <clears throat> so set up your alarm, whatever works best for you. 10 a.m., 10.02 a.m. or 10.02 PM, whatever works best for you guys. <clears throat> Before going to Germany, my wife Melanie and I, we couldn't have kids. And uh, we were struggling or with infertility. And it is really painful to get caught up in the infertility mentality. I can't explain how painful it is. And some of you that 
have been struggling or are struggling with infertility, you, you know that. It is very painful. And so we were caught up in that mentality and that was everything we thought about was we don't have kids. We're not whole. We, we don't have a, uh, we're not a, a, a whole family. You know, the, the enemy just tricks you and you get just entangled with these ideas. And But the year before we left the U.S., the Lord did something powerful in our lives. He healed us from the infertility mentality. We didn't have the pain anymore. We didn't have kids. But we, we, we came to a point of contentment. We were content with each other. And we said, you know, I love you with all of my heart. And she loves me with all of her heart. And, okay, we don't have kids, but, but it's great. Praise the Lord. So we were able to, to get out of that infertility mentality and experience healing in our minds. So I said to my wife, uh, my wife said, you know, why don't, we, why don't we adopt? And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. We, we, we can adopt. So we went to Germany with the idea of adopting. And we said, you know, we'll give ourselves three months and, um, and then we, we start the process of adoption in Germany. And so we arrived in Germany, and uh, within the first month of our arrival, she got pregnant. <laughs> so I'm all jet-lagged, and she woke me up really early. She elbowed me in the morning. She's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I said, like, take the test again. I just wanted to go back to bed. <laughs> she ran to the bathroom, took the test again, elbowed me again, and she's like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, we need to take a blood test. <laughs> Before we... I really didn't want her to go back to that uh, infertility mentality. It really... I had my own pain going through that infertility mentality. I, I had my own pain. And it really broke my heart seeing her uh, depressed every month. You know, the days before, thinking her period, is it going to happen? And then the days after, taking the test, it didn't happen. So I, it really broke my heart to see her like that for years. And nobody knew, just me. And I was just a burden that I just, I didn't want to, 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 to have that burden again. And I wanted to go back to bed again. <laughs> so let's take a blood test. Around that time, one of our friends from Ohio said, called us. This is, this is, this is the Lord's grace for us. Called us and, and she said to my wife, you're not going to believe this. I just had this dream and in the dream you were pregnant. And then, then she asked my wife, are you pregnant? And my wife said, yes, I am. And she hadn't taken the blood test. But uh, we took the blood test, and yeah, she, she was uh, pregnant. So the Lord blessed us with, with Josiah. And uh, I didn't know what I was asking for when, when the Lord gave us the baby. <laughs> so I was sleeping less and changing diapers and all that. And, you know, I'm 
getting my way around that, just learning how to do that. And nine months later, she says, I'm pregnant again. My goodness, we're going to add more joy to the, to the party. So the Lord gave us Ian. Well, why do I tell you guys this? Because when we came back to the U.S., we thought, you know what, this is weird. We left the U.S. without having kids, and now we have kids. And it's just, it feels strange. So we started to talk about the experience, and then she said, you know what, when, when we go back, you know, before going to Germany, the Lord healed us from the infertility mentality. And when we got there, the Lord gave us children. So, you know what we're doing right now? We are praying for the Lord to give us spiritual children as we go back to Germany. And I really hope that this morning you guys get pregnant with the vision of sharing your faith, knowing that the harvest is plentiful. So we need to anticipate fruit. And as we do that, I hope that you pray for yourselves, for spiritual children. And if you happen to have that infertility mentality in the spiritual realm, let's reject that mentality in the name of Jesus because the Lord wants to show His goodness to us and He wants to give us a lot of spiritual children. So please pray for us that as we go back, we see that the harvest is plentiful, that we see those spiritual children that we're asking for. And don't forget to pray for yourselves the same. Remember, you're allowing the Lord to change the way you think. You're allowing Him to change the way you are going to do ministry. So we should anticipate fruit as we witness for the Lord. Because the harvest is plentiful. The last theological truth uh, that I want to talk about this morning is that the Holy Spirit empowers us for effective witnessing. And let me tell you, the mint really doesn't work, so I'm going to put another one. (laughs) The Holy Spirit empowers us for effective ministry. So we have... The Holy, Spirit, the, the, the Holy Spirit is at work in the world. So He's producing an incredible amount of work for us. And He's opening our eyes to the reality that the harvest is plentiful. How do you feel about that? You know how I felt about that? I felt overwhelmed. Because I'm like, I, I can't do this on my own. The harvest is plentiful. I don't have the strength to do this. Lord, you're going to have to do something. And then he gave me that passage in Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, that many of you here know by heart. Who can tell me what it's, what's, what's written in this passage by heart? Give me a paraphrase. It doesn't have to be exact. What do we read in this passage? And you will receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The power that Jesus is talking about here is power to witness even to the ends of the earth. 
I think that we should anticipate fruit as we witness for the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit empowers us for effective ministry. But when missiologists look at post-Christian Germany as a mission field, or from the perspective of evangelism, or reaching people with the gospel, or winning them to Jesus, they say they are a very hard people. They say, yeah, they are atheists, Germans are atheists to the bone. Their theology is liberal. Their spirituality is new age. And guys, the list goes on for reasons to believe that it is impossible to reach Germans with the gospel. It's a huge list. And in order to illustrate this reality, a speaker said, Germans are like coconuts. I want Unpack that for me, please. (laughs) Germans are like coconuts. Okay. So, explain it. I'm thinking. And uh, he's like, well, they are hard on the outside. And they are cold. And they lack social skills to connect with people. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. And the first two I got. But the last one? You know, just that metaphor really got me upset. I got really upset with that because the Lord was already changing my mind. The Holy Spirit is at work. The harvest is plentiful. And I empower you for effective ministry. So I'm having this short circuit in my mind because I hear a guy saying it is really impossible to reach Germans with the gospel. So I got really upset with that metaphor. But I, not only because of what he was saying, because I knew in my heart that he was sharing something that was true. There's an element of truth there. It is really hard to reach Germans or post-Christian Europeans with the gospel. But as the guy kept on talking about how hard it is to, 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 to reach Germans with the gospel, I just felt like standing up in the middle of the room and say, Excuse me! Excuse me! I come from Guatemala. And guess what? Guatemala is coconut land. And I've seen with my own eyes that it is really, it, it is possible to open a coconut in less than 30 seconds. I didn't stand up. <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass myself, and I didn't want to antagonize the speaker. But I went back really upset with this metaphor. So I said, Lord, You need to change. You need to redeem this metaphor. Or I'm not going to be able to go to bed. And he really cares for our sleep, right? So, all of a sudden, guys, I found myself praying the following prayer. Lord, give me the right skills and the right tools to reach the hard European coconuts. With the gospel. And I went to bed. And my sleep was sweet. 
we should anticipate fruit as we witness for the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit empowers us for effective uh, ministry. We are competent in Him. So the Lord is developing a new confidence in me. A new ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but this time, not in my own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to empower you for effective witnessing? That means that you have to give up your own ways of thinking, your own ways of doing things, and allow the Holy Spirit to really speak into your life and guide you to do what He wants you to do. So what is it that He's calling you to do? I'm going to tell you something. You can't do it. Alright? In your own strength. But the Holy Spirit empowers you and me, all of us, for effective witnessing. And Paul said it. He said we are competent ministers in Him. And so I, said it, I say this this morning. I say it this morning. You guys are competent ministers and I am competent in Him. The Holy Spirit empowers us for effective witnessing. And He promised something. Listen to what he said. He said, I have appointed you, every one of you, he says, to go out there and bear fruit, he says. If we remain connected with him, right? He's the uh, vine. So if we are connected with him, and if we are receiving the life, his life, and his empowerment in our lives, he says, you will go out there and you will bear a lot of fruit. You will produce fruit. And he said, and your fruit is going to last. So we should anticipate fruit as we witness for the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit empowers us for effective witnessing as we are connected uh, with him. Let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. This morning, for your compassion. We want to thank you for your forgiveness, for your steadfast love, and for your redemption. Thank you for changing the way we think about doing ministry in Europe and in the U.S. Lord, as we go out there to create gospel access, we believe what Jesus said. We believe, Lord, that we are going to produce a lot of fruit because you called us to be fruitful. So we anticipate fruit as we witness for you. And we want to thank you, Holy Spirit, for preparing people's hearts for us to share the good news. We want to thank you, Father, for opening our eyes to the reality of that the harvest is plentiful. And Holy Spirit, we thank you. Because really we don't have in us. It's not about us. We don't have anything in us that is going to guarantee that we'll be successful in ministry. But we are trusting you, Lord. We are desperately depending upon you. And we know that you empower us for effective witnessing. So, Lord, I pray that you give us the strength to continue developing ourselves 
as godly leaders, that we continue living in a missional way, and that we continue desperately depending upon you and change the way we think, Lord. We have opened our minds to you changing the way we see things, how we perceive things. We want to be guided by you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.